podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Scarlet Supporters Pembrokeshire Podcast. Hello and welcome to Westra is Bester from Scarlet Supporters Pembrokeshire, the last of the normal season, the last of the regular season. But I'll tell you a bit more about that at the end and what we're going to do through summer. Joining me as always is Big M, looking very fetching in uh, uh, in last season's kit there, Matt. Well, it's it's training way. It's not proper kit, you know. But yeah, um, I, I I do like this. This is nice, nice cotton feel over my body. I love it. You can't be the good. Old, you can't be the good old cotton rugby jersey, can I? I, I was just gonna go. It looks good, mate. I, I just said the 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 red scarlet logo on a on a black top just kind of. You know, as an it's alternative, more than black. I don't know how you can really see. It's a, yeah, it kind of looks black from here, but yeah, it looks good. I I I prefer that one, but. It's uh, yeah. At least we're not changing kit supplier through through summer, um, you know, because or are we? Well, or no, we're not, are we? No, we're not. We're not. We're not, we're not. But uh, <laughs> they, they, let's just say Castor had had a bit of a smack on the wrist over over the season. A lot of promises that uh, failed to materialise. Yeah. Well, that's that's one of the things that we can talk about today is um you know before we get into rugby news and all of that kind of stuff the scarlet shop which i just i think we're miss we're missing a trick we're missing such a massive trick with that i just it disappoints me uh it's one i think one of the biggest problems is and it started with macron is we give total control of the store to the supplier now, before Macron, we were always in control of the shop and they just supplied the materials. And it's just, you can see the way people reacted over the last few years to Macron and now this year with Castor. You mm. know, it's, they're, they're not putting everything out there that needs to be. And, you know, I can't I can't fault the staff in there because the girls, you know, were getting mm. the tails. They worked their asses off, you know. Mm. I Like, I, I know some of them and literally it's so hard for them because obviously they get it from all angles yeah they get yeah. the people above them telling them well why aren't we doing this why aren't we doing that and then you've got the people and keep people coming in from the top going well, where's this stuff you told us it'd be you but now we want like, this yeah they, they can't help it but you know there's there's so many things that that shop is missing and it, i just really don't understand why it's it's been left to you know another supplier again because of the problems we had with macron yeah, I mean, I I can't remember the last time we had a decent uh, a pair of pajamas in it for kids or anything like that. Any of the little items, you know, mm. your impulse buys, your fives, your tens. Yeah, there's just nothing like that to keep it going. And I mean, we've come into summer now, and you know, I I would love a bloody uh, a scarlet beach towel. I'd love something like that, and my boy would too. But you can't you can't get one anywhere because you can't put the badge on anything because mm. you know. They 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 get done for a copyright or something. So it, it is a lose lose situation at the minute. They just mm. not bothering. I've got an old one upstairs. If you want them, beach towel. Yeah, <laughs> it's coming on holiday with me. But yeah, I've got. But 
I, the bit that annoys me. So I, I'm a, I'm a massive uh, San Francisco 49ers supporter as well. Yeah. And I can buy more merchandise and more gear for a team that's, you know, a couple of thousand miles away, you know, than I can for a team that is 50 miles away and an hour's trip, you know, and, and I can probably get the stuff from, from the 49ers quicker than I can from Scarlet's. And that's a bit that annoys me. You know, I can get t-shirts, I can get, let's say pajamas, I can, I can get slippers, I can get sliders, I can get trainers, I can get coats, I can get um, mock uh, helmets, you know, I can, I can get from the 49ers, <clears throat> I can get a little helmet, yeah, that you put by the side of you and it's shaped to go over the end of a, a, a seat. And that helmet has got a, a holder for your beer and a holder for your crisps. Now, <laughs> do you know what I mean? We're, we're missing a trick. We're, I've, I've never seen the 49ers play live. And judging by the prices of, of a home ticket, never go into, you know. But I shouldn't be able to buy that amount of stuff for them and not be able to buy it for, you know, my team. That's, you know, a couple of, couple of miles up the road. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it is just a thing that's massively missing. Mm. And it's a massive, massive revenue driver as well. So it's not just the fans that are missing out. There's a lot of money to be had from, you know, your merchandise sales. I mean, you just think simple things, you know, especially at Christmas time. You you buy lo- loads and loads of crap. I mean, you could probably sell a cu- hand, couple thousand mugs and stuff like that. You know, it, it's easy money. Yeah. Which they just ignore in for whatever reason. Well, I'll tell you what, what I'm going to do. So we've got um, a little merchandise store that we, uh, with Scarlet Supporters Pembrokeshire stuff on. So I will design, yeah, yeah, I will design a T-shirt that said, I would have loved to have bought this T-shirt in the Scarlet store. So, I, and I will put that out there, and I, if anyone wants to to, to buy it, um, it, it gets printed and delivered and all of that kind of stuff. So it's um, you know, it takes like about a week or so to to come, but it'll be there, and uh, uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm just gonna put my note down there. I would love to have bought this. There's some outfall. Yeah, but if it, you know, if a couple of people are wearing that around the stadium, you'd be surprised how much it sticks out. Yeah. Um, Will we have yeah. uh, our, our little our own little badge on it? Is it? Yeah, the Scarlet supporters. Yeah, yeah. Let's it's... get that on there. <laughs> so we have got lots of stuff in it, but if I can do it, I don't see why Scarlets can do it. You know, I can do baby grows, and I can do baseball caps, and I can do. Um, pants, um, you know, it, it, it's one of those things. It's not difficult to to do. Yeah. So and it's it's the kids' market as well that is missing massively. I mean, every supporter, 
as soon as you got kids, the first thing you want to do is you want to deck your kids out in as much scuttle stuff as you can. Yeah, so, absolutely. There's, yeah, there's literally what uh, you know the jersey and well one or two t-shirts. It's, it's nothing. Yeah. I can't even get the socks in kid sizes. <laughs> anyway, that's yes, that's uh, anyway. Uh, an ongoing gripe that 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 we have. So, um, plan for this week is is to talk about player of the season and moment of the season and most entertaining game and and things like that. But before we do that, there's, there's a little bit of news, which isn't Scarlet's news, but it is kind of uh, URC uh, news. Which kind of came from the head of of the URC. Um, what's his name? Bloke-y. Martin Anayi, I think. That's the one. So there, are two, there are two bits there. There's one that we was talking about establishing a draft system, like the NFL, but a, a draft system. And then the other one is about the TV deal. So you're saying that the TV deal is is you know they're trying to renegotiate the TV deal with Viaplay already. Yeah, it's uh, from what I know, it runs to the end of the 23 24 season, but they're already in there trying to renegotiate. Now, I don't know if it's just a straight up renegotiating with Via Play or if there are other bidders involved and they're trying to cut out early. I'm hoping for the latter one because I do not like watching on Via Play. In fact, I haven't watched on Via Play all season. Like, obviously, I go to the home games. And any away games that are not on Espedwarek or BBC, I will stream on the computer because I, I just refuse mm. to watch it because it's just so crap, and I won't pay for it either. Yeah, well, they when it was um, the player, uh, a premier player before, um, I could watch it on my laptop. I could cast it to my telly, and I could rewind, and it would save the game, and you'd have a full game. Um, you know, every game was on there. You know, if it was on S4C, it was still on on via play, and I could go back on to uh, sorry onto Premier Player, and I could go back onto Premier Player and watch another game, which is what I used to do. So if I missed a game on the weekend, I'd, I'd you know watch it on a Sunday night when Downton Abbey was on or whatever, or or on a Monday night. Or do you know what I mean? I could watch the whole game. I could go back. I could have a look at bits. So if you were sitting down and having a chat with someone, you could go back and you could do a little bit of an analysis and stuff. All of that's gone with Viaplay. I can't cast anymore. And I've I've questioned it with them. And they say, oh, yeah, you should be able to. It might be a compatibility thing. That's rubbish. You know, I could do it before. I've got exactly the same thing before. I've, I've gone from exactly the same laptop to exactly the same telly. Nothing has changed. There's something within Viaplay that's stopping me from casting it. Um, half the games aren't there and you can't watch previous games. It's all extended highlights. I don't want to watch extended highlights. I, I want to watch the game. I want to watch and I want to do my analysis and I want to look at it and go, right, this is what, that's what I paid for, you know? So, yeah, I'm I'm quite annoyed with Viaplay in case that's not coming through. <laughs> so I, I shan't be renewing my subscription with them this year and and i had issues with one i've got issues with tom shanklin as a commentator it's just crap um but two i got issues with it just doesn't um it doesn't play smoothly through my laptop anymore whereas it was on on premier player 
So, yeah, if they, re- I, I'd much prefer, and I know this is a bit controversial, and people go, "Oh, you can't do that," but I, I would much prefer if they went with um, Prime. Yeah, um, I, I honestly think that is the way forward. The way forward is a, a, a proper streaming platform, mm. just because we are a multi-nation, you know, competition, and we need to grow it globally, worldwide, and I. I was actually talking to someone and I said, I think Prime is probably the, the best deal that we could hope for. Yeah. I mean, as, as much as I would like to, you know, Sky to do a proper good thing on it or BT Sport, I, it, we won't have the broadness of appeal as going to someone like Prime. Mm. Well, BT Sport is now changing to TNT. And it is, I think that's an American thing. TNT is an yeah. American thing. Yeah, so... Turner Network Television, I think it is. Yeah. So be it, uh, you know, uh, I think the 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 annoying bit is is having all the games in different places, and I think if everything was on Prime, so all the domestic games, um, and you know, including you know all the home games, if they're not on BBC or S4C, then so be it, you know. And I, and I know people are saying, oh, it should be free to wear and all that kind of stuff. Well, reality is, is, is the game is on its knees. And yeah. that, that money's got to come from somewhere. And it's not going to come from the BBC anymore because BBC funding is being cut left, right and centre. And, you know, we, we it's not going to be on ITV because ITV Sport didn't work. So where, where do you go after that? Um and I think if everything was in one place, people would be quite happy to pay, you know, eight quid a month, nine quid a month, whatever it is for Prime, and get everything in one place. I think it, the, the problem is, is everything's in different places. So you've got to pay you know, BT Sport, then you've got yeah, BBC, then you've got Viaplay, and then it just... What's European or some of it's on? No, it's not on Sky anymore. It's all on BT Sport. So, yeah, it can be a, a, a bit irritating having stuff in different places. And if it was all on Prime, I quite happily pay the, the nine pound a month for having it there. So, that's yeah, my... I, I totally agree with on that. Is it is bits and pieces everywhere, and I think that is something that CVC were working on when they came in and bought, you know, all the rights originally. Mm. It's just they've been trying to line up all these broadcast deals to package them all together. Mm. And, you know, I've got no problem with the games being on BBC or Freeville. It's just a fact I don't like home games being on there. Mm. If it were, if we just said, okay, we're only going to show away games, which I, I know it makes it difficult because they'd have to use someone else's feed. But it then drives people to go to the games instead of saying, oh, I'll just sit in the house and do it. You know, mm. it's, that's that's one thing. I don't like home games on free to air. But every game's home game for someone. <laughs> you, know. you know what I mean? <laughs> home games for the Welsh. For the Welsh. You'll see it in a bit of a deeper accent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what comes out of that. And like you say, it's uh, starting to renegotiate the deal. And uh, I think a bit more, uh, you know, the guy in charge, he has got a bit more um, about him in terms of ambition, whether that ambition matches practicality is is questionable, but the ambition is there. 
which brings me on to the draft. So that's, this was his other proposal, that a draft system similar to something like in the NFL would be good for the URC. Thoughts? Uh, <laughs> I mean, we, we've already discussed it between ourselves and we can't see how it's going to work you know, over the multiple countries. I mean, if if we held one, you know, just nationally, just a, a draft within Wales, just one in Ireland, not so much in Scotland because, you know, they've only got two teams, so that probably really doesn't matter. But it, it would work a lot better, as, you know, just a home-based draft. It, I, I can't see it working over all the different national, over the different nations. Yeah. I think before they look at the draft... And personally, I think a draft system would work within Wales. I can't see it work in 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 the URC. I think it would work in Wales. But before they sort the draft, they need to put in a unified spending limit across everybody. That's that's what's killing the URC. And it's a brilliant league. It's highly competitive. Every week is now you know really really competitive. Um, but the bit there is, you know, how can you be consistently competitive against Irish sides who've got ten times the playing budget that you have? All right, not ten yeah, times. It's but... not. It's not just that. You you look at the the standard of living in these different countries. I mean, you go to South Africa and they have, they a salary cap. You know, they don't impose one. It's something like three and a half, four million. You mm. know, but they can live off those sort that sort of money down there. It's, mm. it's completely different. I mean, you, I mean, your, your academy players need to be on around 35, 40k up here just to be able to, you know, get the food that they need, live in appropriate housing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's mm. just, it's not feasible to have a set salary cap over six different, over five different countries. Yeah. Well, I think that's what needs to happen. There needs to be a realistic salary cap so that we're all competing on a, on the same kind of level. And what I would what I would throw into that is actually I'd say, right, you're allowed to go over your salary cap, provided that you then finance other people. Yeah. And that way nobody nobody goes over the, the salary cap on that way. Yeah. So I, I think there probably are ways to do it, but there's so many different things that need to be taken into consideration, like you know, the cost of living in the area, you know, average wages, how much things cost. And it, it would be a lot, a lot of work. And then to balance it out, because you just, just look into Ireland, you know, if you've got players in Leinster living in Dublin, they're going to need about 30% more wages than someone up in Connacht or in bloody Ulster, because it's just so expensive to live in these places. It's but then that's the that's the point of it, isn't it? Is you take you you take the players just because let let's say you know Leinster, so Leinster's got a lot of money and Connaught haven't, yeah. And the point of the salary cap would be actually, yeah, we're going to balance that out. And just because you're the centre with a lot of money doesn't mean that you know you 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 get the benefit of all of that. It's got to be spread out because otherwise you just have Leinster versus 
a French team in the European final every year, you know, and and unless they do something to address that, then that's the way it's going to be for a long time. So, so, but going back to the draft, so I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think it would work across countries simply because you know you're talking about taking a draft at 18, which would which would when it would would work, and what I mean by a draft, okay, um, is basically everybody at the age of 18 who wants to play professional rugby puts their hat in the ring. Yeah. And it all happens at the same time. And so let's say you get, if it was across the URC, it would be massive amounts of players, you know, it would be South Africa and Scotland. It would be, if it was in Wales, you've got maybe a hundred players that are genuinely capable of playing professional rugby every year yeah we've got about 100 players that leave college every year so they all throw their hat into the ring and they say i'm available come make an offer so the lowest team yeah so this year that would be the dragons they get a first pick and they would go right okay you so dragons need a outside half right you we've identified you we've watched you through the season would you like a contract? Yes, I would. There we go. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, and then it goes down to the second. So the next pick would go to the Scarlets and then it would go to Ospreys and then it would go to Cardiff, blah, 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 blah. And that's how it would work. And you could then run in after, you know, after the, the uh, professional teams have had their pick, you would then open that draft up to semi-professional clubs, the likes of, you know, Ebervale and... Uh, you know, whoever else wanted to enter the draft, and they could say, "Okay, we'll offer you a semi-professional contract." Yeah, blah blah blah. Uh, and within Wales, it would work because we we have got quite a defined area. At the minute, we lose too many players to England, and the reason we lose too many players to England, there are a number of reasons why we we lose college players to England. One, the standard in Wales isn't high enough. Yeah, and Two, the facilities in Wales are not good enough. Now, I've said this before, where, you know, my my boy goes to Hartbury, their fourth team pitch is better than most college pitches. Yeah. I, I've seen quite a few of the college pitches, with the exception of uh, possibly the new college Camoid, um, sorry, the Cardiff uh, pitch. Yeah. Which is a brand new 4G pitch, but it's right smack bang in the middle of, of the city centre. Um, Aside from that, that you know, the college pitches, their fourth team pitch is better than the first team pitches that most people play on. I watched the Clandovery game, played on the Clandovery pitch, and the grass was about three, four inches long. Yeah. And that, that grass should be, you, you know, you're talking about running, and that's like running in treacle. Yeah. Whoa, you man, you go that four inch size up pretty quick, eh, but <laughs> but Johnny, you know I mean? it it should be you know that the pitches need to be there, the the gyms need to be there, the physios need to be there. You need to be able to go and stay at these colleges. Most colleges in Wales haven't got um, accommodation with them, and that's why people go to 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 England. You know, most places in 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 Wales haven't got the coaching um, setup that they've got in England. Most people in most teams in Wales have not got 
the facilities that they need to have. If we, if the, the draft would make the, the, the Welsh College system significantly better, it would make it significantly more competitive because there's a purpose at the end. Yeah. A lot of those yeah. boys that might get a, a professional contract are already contracted in, in college. So they don't necessarily play in all the college games. Yeah. If it would mean getting rid of junior academy. Yeah. So yeah. you start, you then start academy from 18 and you have an academy draft at 18 with a five year contract from 18. Yeah. A five year step contract from 18. And it would need to be tied up with uh, universities, universities, all of this kind of stuff, but it can be done a damn sight easier. But, but you know, this is something we spoke about before, but the, the new head of the WIU, whatever, when they come in, needs to have, and, and they, they can't have the control that they need, but they need to look at schools, colleges, clubs the whole shebang needs it's, to work together it's everything before senior rugby that needs to be looked at first and foremost because mm. we are just losing so many players just constantly and i mean i know you said you know about a hundred players every day i think we'd have more honest to god i think i think we could probably talking about mid 200s mm. just because if you we could quite easily if you just look at the you know the academy system as it is you know, we've got four, we got eight, sorry, eight under 16 sides. You know, even if we say that's 35 players a, side, a team, that's 280 players. Mm. You know, the boys are there. And if they're given the opportunity to play and train full time, we could quite easily run many, many more than just four teams professionally. I, I think that we could probably go as far as running a fully pro- professional Welsh Prem. Obviously, you know, not know spending the same sort of wages like if you put like a wage cap like 30 grand or 35 on the top player mm. we could quite easily run an extra 12 professional teams mm. and but that needs to be you know it's a whole system approach and not that bit approach and it needs it's to not be that, done it's all about it's not all about wheels basically yeah but but then no actually no i think yeah it, it needs to be about Welsh. It needs to be developing Welsh players within a Welsh system, developing a Welsh system that works for Wales. And the one that we've got at the minute just doesn't. And I think if we sit there and, and there's going to be people that go, oh, no, we're not having a draft system. We can't do that. That is ridiculous. You know, if we sit there and keep doing what we're doing, we're going to keep producing what we produce. And it, it's it's not good enough. It's not good enough. And... You know, I've got, I, I know of players now who are going to America, yeah? So they're finishing college in Wales, in England, and they are going to America in American universities so they can be part of the American ML, uh, MLR draft, yeah? Yeah, uh, so it's different sport. But uh, my my brother in law he's he's just turned eighteen now and he's heading over to uh, uh Virginia I think uh, mm. in September to do exactly the same thing but with football. Yeah, yeah. The America has really got its itself together in terms of how you develop younger players and going through. Italy are doing it as well. 
you know, Italy are looking at how they develop. They, they, they've done it with their under 20s. They're now doing their under 18s and they're now doing their under, under 16s. And they're looking at the education system and the college system and how that pyramids up. And we're sitting there and we're going, well, no, Colleg Sagara are amazing because, you know, look how many players they've produced in the past. Not, not that I would go in, we're going, you know what, we like the Dewar Shield, but we're going to change it anyway. Yeah, uh, I mean, changing the Jewish shield for me is is shooting yourself in the foot. Um, oh, it, it's I can, so they, they're going to change it to under 16s, aren't they? That's what they want to yeah. do. Okay, so if you're going to do that, that needs to be part of a system. It, it and and this is what I mean. It's piecemeal approach. It's it's like changing a piece of a jigsaw and bringing in the piece of another jigsaw and then going, oh, well, that doesn't fit. So now I need to change other pieces of the jigsaw around it to make this bit fit. We, we need to be more kind of um, more strategic in what we do from a younger age. Because this isn't being fair to the players. You know, we're not being fair to the players and the coaches who are coaching under 15s at the minute. And going right, okay. Now you're going to go and coach under 16s, and you know under 16s you've got GCSEs. That's why under 15s is there. Yeah, but under 16s, your kids will be doing GCSEs, and under 15s they won't. Well, they're they're doing the first year of their their GCSEs. So, you know, do I want my kids doing GCSEs? Fully and fully committing to it, or do I want them giving hundred percent to rugby? And and that's the bit that they haven't thought through, is, you know, what effect does this have on everything else, and why is it there? If you want to run yeah. an under 16s cup, run it through clubs, you know, make the club system do that, make a big song and dance about the you know the club county. There, there isn't a club county side at the minute. You know, it doesn't work. So there's a lot of work to be done with it, mate. A lot of work, yeah. And there's so many different ways you can go about it too. It's just settling on one between you. Yeah, yeah. So, which then brings us to the women's game. (laughs) Who And they are developing. um, So they've announced three development centres, yeah, which... So we're 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 gonna differ in our views on this now, right? But so three development centres, one up north, one in Swansea Uni, one in Cardiff Met. Okay. Specifically for women to go to university in those places and essentially play professional rugby. This is kind of the system that they run in England. All of the, the women's um uh, the women's game in England is each of the teams are kind of attached to a university. So they are professional, but they're also studying as well at the same time. So it makes life a little bit easier. Um, so I think that's the the development system that we've got. I quite like it. You don't. It's, it's not that I don't. I like the idea. I just don't think they've really thought about everything in the grand terms of it. I mean, putting in an East re- uh, Development Centre in Cardiff, you're basically cutting out all of Newport and everything. And the same with the West, putting her in Swansea, you're cutting out probably Carmarthen further back. Now, I, I know you've said this is a university 
you know, base thing, but you, you're not going to, no university, especially in Wales, is going to have bloody, what, 60, 90, 100 places just for people to come and play rugby. It, it, it's not going to work that way. And if there are kids that don't get into university, but they're capable rugby players, say someone, you know, we like we've, uh, oh, what was his name from Aberystwyth, Josh Hathaway. Say yeah. we had someone like them who wasn't academically gifted, couldn't get into the university, but you expect him to come down from Aberystwyth to Swansea just to train and play. It's, it's lo- the logistics on top of it. I like the idea. I just don't think they've put it into practice appropriately. Just on that, Josh Josh did get into Swansea. Josh, Josh could have got into Swansea. <laughs> just, for the, he, just for the sake of it. Just Well, no, he, he did. He, 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 it was his choice. And, uh, uh, yeah, I totally see why now. But, yeah, so for, for me, you know, as a starting place, we, you know, facilities in Swansea Uni are quite good. Um, I think the pitches need improving, I'll be honest. And I think they need to put... Um, a new set of of coaches in specifically for the women's game, um, but I think that's what the development centre does. Um, you know, they they're going to need to increase the size of the gyms because you know the gyms in Swansea are pretty much maxed out as it is anyway. So this should mean a you know if if it means that. Everything stays the same, but women get a dedicated training time of, you know, 10 till 12 every day in the gym. Well, that just displaces a whole load of Swansea men's team players that currently chain 10 till 12 in the gym. So as long as it's additional and not displacing what we've got there now, then I think this is great. I think having specific facilities and a specific location for women to train and play is a good thing, you know? And I think having one up north, I think is uh, is something that should have been done with a men's game. When we committed to RGC, we should have committed fully to RGC. Um, I think park area is, is, is just not set up as a stadium for rugby. You know, that should have been developed. That should have been, you know, this is, if we're going to do it, you know, by the time you run from the from the changing rooms to the pitch, you know, you, you've got to stop and have a bloody uh, drink again. You know, it, it just doesn't, it's too open. It's not enclosed. It's just not set up as a rugby stadium. So there's a whole load of stuff that can be done. And I think this is the first step of it. I think this is the first step to a fully professional women's game in Wales. I think the danger on this, yeah, is that the women's game will now go to East Wales, West Wales, North Wales, and then they'll go, oh, look, three professional teams doing really, really well. Now then, what's the next step on that? Do you know what I mean? It's, And, and I think that's the only danger, but I, I applaud the fact that they're doing something. I really do. Um, I think... Uh, in terms of location, is it going to exclude people from Pembrokeshire? Uh, yes and no. You know, it's it's an hour and a bit each way. Um, but wherever we go down here, it's an hour and a bit minimum before we get to anywhere where we can do anything. So we, we're kind of used to that. And yes, it does exclude a lot of players. 
But if this development centre is, you know, you can come to university, we'll assist you with your university course, which, um, again, bone of contention for me, but we'll assist you with your university course. Here you go and go play professional rugby. I think that's a good thing. I think that's the way it should be. I think that's the way it should be with a men's game. And it isn't. Yeah. So when they tell you that this is the way the men's game work, it doesn't. Uh, and that's why people like Josh Hathaway have left. So I think setting it up as a women's game and going, right, this is what needs to happen is a good thing. I, I, I like it. Okay. So we differ on that one. Anyway, let's talk Scarlet stuff. Let's let's, let's talk Scarlet. So we were going to do um, uh, like our end of season awards um, and, and what have you. So and I know they've done the official ones and all of that kind of stuff. But um, so this, we, is our we, work. this is ours, just me and you. And they don't get anything for it. And they don't get a big presentation. And they don't get a, a, a mug and a shield with player of the Maybe year. Maybe we can send them a, a letter or something. <laughs> a notification on uh, uh, on Twitter. Yeah, so, that sounds good. So let's start with player of the season. Who who have you got on your short list for player okay. of the season? My short list, I've got Lousy, Fifita, Costello, and Steph Evans. How about you? Uh, so I got Fafita, Lousy, Costello, Johnny Williams, and Calamaphoni. Uh on mine. So, okay, so if we go through both of them, that put Lousy, Fafita, and Costello on both of our lists, so we'll narrow it down to one of those three. Well, let's talk about the others first. So why, why Steph Evans? What has he done for you this year? He's just been a constant in the side. I mean, he's he's been involved in every single game and. He works his heart. He he gives his heart to every single thing that he does, and he he doesn't have the top end speed. He's not that style of winger, but everything he does, he offers so much. The tries, the try assists, the the working around the breakdown, it is really invaluable, and I think he has contributed massively to uh, us over the entire season, especially the second half. Yeah, and uh, I, I, I like him as a player, but like you say, he's got issues with, you know, if he's going to be on the wing, he needs to be quicker and defence and what have you. But as a, you know, as a uh, a player to watch, yeah, I, I do like him. I do like him. But for me, he's just, I don't know, there's been a couple of occasions through the year there's been a couple of mistakes, you know, uh, cheaters in the European Cup where he put the ball down before the line. I know he got the try. I know the try was given, but it's it's silly things like that. He put the ball down before the line and he's made a couple of errors. And as much as I like him, I, th- I think he's passed his best. I do. Everyone has errors. You're not going <laughs> to have a perfect season. We can go through all of these players and we will find errors. And when we both picked Lousy and Fafita, for Christ's sake, and we got red and they cards. Both, they got red cards. <laughs> and Calamaphoni did, yeah. yeah. Maybe I just like people that get red cards. And Costello got, like, God knows how many yellow cards, didn't he? I think but, three or four, I think. He, he yeah. was uh, pretty good in that. He was top of the league at one point on that. But, yeah, I, I say I think Steph Evans is a cracking player and has served the club well. And uh, I hope that next season, I think he's like three tries away or four tries away from 
being the, the number one try scorer in URC. So, yeah, he, he's right at the very, very top there. So I hope that he, he racks those up early season because he, he's a player that should have had more Welsh caps. I just didn't because of his size. Um, but he definitely he adds something to the game that that other players can't put it that way. But so other players that are not on your list then. So Johnny Williams, I think when he's been playing, and this this is why he's you know probably not in the running for player of the year, is it's too much time out injured, but you can see why he gets injured because he's such a physical player. And when he's on form, you know, he's going to give you 10, 15 metres every single time. And for me, he's, he's just, I don't know, he's, he's a rock-solid player. I think when you put him on the pitch with someone like Joe Roberts outside him, or you put him in between Costello and Joe Roberts, you know, two creative players, and he just gives you a bit of grunt and a bit of go-forward, he reminds me a lot of, oh God, a player that I can't remember his name, went to Japan. Um, oh, he was amazing for like five seasons. Uh, uh, anyway. Parks, is it? Parks, yeah, Hadley Parks. He reminds me a lot of Hadley Parks, just that, that brutal aggression. Um, but actually, there's also a bit of him where you can see players outside him to give a ball. So that's 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 why I like, but like I say, spent half a season injured. And then Calamophony, for me, just, you know, as a number eight, he played a very similar game to the type of game I played, which was give me the ball and let me run. Okay, I'm tackled, I'm up. Give me the ball, let me run. Okay, what are you going to do now? Give me the ball, let me run. You know, his, his work rate is phenomenal. And when you look, I think he's he's still top number carries, top number of yards in the URC. You know, he, he, he was just phenomenal for us. Even when it wasn't going well at the start of the season, he was absolutely in the middle of everything and didn't matter if we're 50 points up, 50 points down. You know, he's, he's the guy that is going to give you go forward. So that's why he was on my shortlist for, for Callum Afoni. So our, our joint shortlist then, Fafita, Lousy and Costello. Where do you want to start? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a joke. So you want to start with uh, young Costello, is it? I mean, yeah. what, what more can we say about the boy? He he grabbed that number 10 shirt and he never let go. Yeah. Is We all know his distribution game, he's got to turn a pace. But what we've seen, especially in the last couple of months of the season, you know, from the Sharks game onwards, is his kicking game is also pretty damn impressive. Mm. And, you know, that's, that's just another thing that he's adding to his bow. And I, I can't get over that we've, we've actually got him and he's, he's starting to fulfil some of the potential that he showed all, you know, years ago, back when he was playing Buddy Pencourt College. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's just he's just a brilliant player and he's consistency throughout the entire season again, other than the few games he missed with the bloody head knock. Mm. Mm. It's that he hasn't dropped below eighty, ninety percent. And again, he's another player that is very, very much responsible for our attack and, you know, some of the good things we've seen this season. 
Yeah. I, the bit I like about Costello is his defence. Oh, you he know. doesn't. He doesn't care, does he? No, he's he's a little guy in terms of height, but he's about the same distance around. Uh, you know, he, he is rock solid, and and you look at his legs, and you go, you know, those belong on a prop. Those those are big legs for a a, a little ten to have, and you know, from from that point of view, I I can always worry because he is. You know, he he will do the job of a seven. Doesn't matter if there's a second row running at him or or whatever. He, he's he's in there and he's having a go. And and I'm just like, okay, just ease yourself back a little, fella. Just but but you know, fair play to him. He he gets stuck in and he gives it heart every single time. And if you're a if you're a big back row, you know, used to look for players like Costello to run at. You know, used to go right, find, find, find the little one, find the weak link, find somebody that I can run at and go through, sort of a thing. And if you're a second row now and you're looking at Costello, you're going, okay, he's not a player to run at. Do you know what I mean? He's 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 going to dump me. He's going to put me on the floor. And when you're six foot eight and you're getting dumped by a five foot seven guy, you look a bit of a tit. So. You know, I think he's he's really building a reputation in defence as well that matches his um, reputation in attack. Do you reckon he's going to make it at international level? Oh yeah, easily, easily. Yeah. I'm I, I I'm surprised he's not there already. Mm. I think, and I worry that if he was anywhere else. He would have been the start of this season. Um, but Gatlin's game plan doesn't involve creativity. Gatlin's game plan is all about strangling defences and not giving any opportunities to the opposition. So I'm not sure that Costello fits that mould. He's a really, really creative player and I would love to see him let loose and like in a barbarians game or whatever and just show what he can do because i think the world would go oh wow look at that but in a gatlin team you know with this aside from shane williams a couple of years ago who basically stuck two fingers up to gatlin and went i'm going to show you what i'm going to do and then gatlin went yeah great yeah look at that um you know he's gonna have to He's going to have to perform and, and create something every time he's on the pitch in order to stay in a Gatland team. So. Well, hopefully this is the last Gatland team we see. I know we've said this before, but mm. you know, I, I am hoping not to you know, have to see his face in Wales again. <laughs> you should go win the World Cup now. <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, let's have a look at the decent players, uh, uh, the proper players, the manly players, the big boys, the hefty ones, Fafita and Lousy. So, you know, these these are the proper players. Up front is where we play the proper rugby and we let the pretty boys in the backs do the fancy stuff. And, you know, they do their hair as they're going over and look for the camera and, you know, smile. These boys up front are um, where the work is done. So, you know, how long has Sam Lousy been with us now? Three seasons, four seasons? Uh, yeah, two, three years must be. I mean, I'll I'll try and hold that up now. 
didn't he get sent off in his first two games? Like when he when oh, he joined yeah, this a like, couple of years ago. He he was a card machine mm. when he first joined us. Fair play. Like uh he joined us in twenty nineteen. So mm. four years. Four mm. seasons he's been with us. Christ. Didn't think it'd been that long. <laughs> mm. But I definitely remember him getting sent off in his first game and uh, saying to a friend of mine at the time, you know, that's, a, that's a strange way of, uh, uh, of asking for an early exit from your contract. Um, but, you know, he's been really, really influential on the style of play. I think Dwayne Peel's style of play suits Lousy down to the ground. The The athletic, aggressive, you know, the basketball kind of second row type of a player, you know. There's a, there's a little bit of aggression and grunt in there, but there's also a bit of freedom to go and play your game in there. Yeah. All I can remember, now you said that, all I can remember is uh, either his first, one of his first games, it had to be that that swing when he, he tried to punch someone and he just missed by about a thousand miles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just making me remember now. It's just it's so funny that that was who we signed and we've got who we've got now. Yeah, because he's he's not an old player. He's he's, he's a young one. Is he? I yeah, thought he was 31. younger than He's a he's a month younger than me. What's going on? <laughs> You're letting yourself I, down, right? <laughs> I know. What's going on, yeah? So he's still got quite a few seasons left in him, you know, especially yeah. as a second row. And yeah, I say I know he's had a couple of cards, and I think that kind of comes with the package. Do you know what I mean? That is his package. That he's he's an edgy player. Um, I still think he was onside. I know it's for yeah. whatever Fafita was onside, but. He's very good. He's developed that edge of his game around the ruck where he's putting pressure on scrum halves. I've lost count of how many kicks he's charged down through the season. And it's just his athleticism. You know, he's quick off the mark. He gets up high and he puts pressure on a scrum half to, you know, do something with a ball that they don't want to do. So, yeah, I think he's been really, really influential. Um, physicality is there. Uh, It's the only bit of his game that lets him down is the yellow cards and the red cards, but... They they haven't been that much. I mean, I know he's had the red, but outside of that, he's been been a pretty good boy. Has he? It just doesn't doesn't feel like it. (laughs) I'm going to try and dig up the stats now to see... Oh, I'm sure the URC have got to have them on there somewhere. I'll, I'll have a look now while we go on to Fafita. Well, yeah, I mean, Fafita, first season with us. Yeah, so I think the the danger with signing someone like Fafita is they come in with such a big reputation, such a big kind of... The anticipation was there. When we said that, you know, we were signing him, um, you know, the expectation was huge. And sometimes that kind of goes against the player and, you know, the expectations a bit too much and they take a couple of seasons to settle in. But I think with Fafita, he started game one. Bang. You know, I thought he was amazing from the start. Well, start of the season, 
to the end of the season, he was just everywhere and awesome. I still think he was onside against Glasgow. Um, and that that try kind of says everything about him, where he outpaced, you know, was outside our 22, or outside our own 22. He nips around, nicks the ball from the back of a ruck, and then outpaces a couple of centres, wings, full back, or 75 metres. You know? It, I One thing, I think that his first season over in Wasps really bedded him in. I think that was, that's what we have benefited from. He had his first season adjusting to life up in the UK, and then we've reaped the rewards. Mm. I mean, the only negative... And it, it was similar with Lousy. I, I found out Lousy only had that one red card in the URC, no yellows. Is his discipline. And I think that comes with every player coming into a new league. Like, uh, this is outside of the European games, but he's picked up two yellow cards as well. So, but, you know, I, I, I'm looking at a player like him and I'm thinking three cards over, you know, 18 games in his first season, getting used to the refs. I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, and I think for me, he is the player of the season for me. I think he's just been amazing. I think he's he's been entertaining to watch. He's been, uh, you know, he's settled in really well. So for me, out of all of my nominations, I'd say he's the one for my player of the year. What about you? I'm thinking now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking. I'm going through all these, and oh, I didn't. I didn't want to be the same as uh, as the real guys. <laughs> but now for now for Fita, yeah, I, you, you got to give it to him. He's just been hmm. outstanding. I mean, the the talk of Sam Lousy being the best overseas signing, you know, in regional rugby, for Fita is definitely the best this season, and long may it continue. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So we're agreed on Fafita. Well done. Um, breakthrough player of the year then. So who have you got on your list of breakthrough player? Yeah, I've got another four. I've got Kemsley Mathias, Dan Davis, Costello again, and Joe Roberts. Have we got Costello again? It's not his breakthrough season. It's his, it's his first season as number 10. Yeah, but he's kind of played before. Okay, you're going to have to argue that one. Um I've got Kemsley Mathias, Morgan Jones, Dan Davis, Johan Nicholas, and Joe Roberts as well. So, oh, is this Johan Nicholas's breakthrough season? He's been around for like seven years. Yeah, but it's the first year he's had a decent game. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought he deserved the credit. You, you know, like you said, he has been around for a long time, but he's um, with all the injuries and what have you, he's had to step up. And I think he's played four different positions. This year, I think he's played inside, outside, full back and wing. Um, and, and, you know, we, we sung his praises all through the season. Um, so I just thought he deserved a nod. And same for Morgan Jones, you know, stepping up into second row with the likes of Fafita and Lousy around you. I think he's really benefiting from those players there. Um because you can see his game has evolved through the season. So I've got you know, high hopes for him going forward. I think he's going to be the mainstay of our pack for the for years to come, especially if he keeps playing the way he is now. So, yeah, that's, that's why he's on my extended list on there. 
So, go on then. Justify why Costello's a breakthrough player of the year. Well, we don't need to justify it. You just need to look at the guy himself. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll do my stats as I always do. But, How many uh, games did he play last year? That's what I'm looking at now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we said about Costello at the start of the season. I remember that in our pre-season review, we said that this had to be the season where he, he really established himself. And this had to, you know, we had to show what the money was doing this year. And he absolutely has, you know. So from that point, I've got no doubts about him having an excellent season. I just, is this his breakthrough season? I think it's the season he's established himself. But well, I, yeah, was, thing, I would say his breakthrough season was last year. Whereas you look at people like Kamsley Mathias, Dan Davis, Joe Roberts. Now, that's definitely their first season where they've broken through and established. You know, Dan Davis in particular, where, you know, you look at the amount of players that we let go at seven. We let Jack Morgan go at seven because oh, we had Dan Davis there. We didn't. Okay, don't, don't go <laughs> now. We did not let Jack Morgan go. He he wanted to go. He, he he, he's an Os- yeah. He's I mean he's an Osprey's player, but he came through the Scarlet Stripes. But do you know what I mean? He he was there, and we said, do you know what? It's okay because we've got Dan Davis. Um, and even when Cubby forced to retire, it was like it's okay because we got Dan Davis. And he, he struggled really with injuries to start with, and struggled to establish himself last year, but this season. I think he's been phenomenal, and and him and and Josh McLeod in a back row together, I I think that's that's how we go forward now, with Dan Davis at seven and McLeod at six because I think those two together as a pair, just phenomenal around the pitch. Um, yeah, yeah. it's we it, it is hard really to uh, you know look forward and see. You know who's going to be playing one next season, especially when we know recruitment isn't finished yet. But you know, I, I do like the idea of Dan Davis and Josh McLeod together, but I just don't think we're going to get to see her a lot unless you know we move Fafita to eight. And I, I don't really think that worked that well mm. in the game against Glasgow because you know we are still targeting a lock and one for the start in 23 at that. So it's 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 really hard to to see how many times we're gonna get Dan Davis and Josh McLeod at the same time. Probably, mm. you know, for the last twenty, thirty minutes of games, definitely. But you know, they they both are such influential players in, in their own way. I mean, mm. they they both they destroy that ruck area. I mean I, I can't believe the effect that Dan Davis does have. You know, the more, uh, well, Boggy, he got injured early on in one game, and that was his last for the season. And, you know, everything around the ruck and the opposition playing ball, it just got so Fell much apart. better from that point on. Yeah. I, I See, for me, he's, uh, he's destructive, but he's also, you know, when, he, when he's got the ball in attack, he's, he's one of those players that you think he's been stopped. And then he's still going, and and you're like, 
oh, he's he's going and he's going and he's going and he's going. And he just seems really difficult to stick him on the floor and stop him. Do you know what I mean? And I think that really counts in his favour because he reminds me a lot of Warburton, you know, in that he's he's just everywhere, he's aggressive, and he keeps getting injured. But I, I think he's just going to be one of those players that, you know, he'll give you 100% every single game. And a lot of the stuff that he does goes unseen. But I think he's a phenomenal player. Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. There's, so, there's, there's no two ways about it with him. Like, hmm. I, I can remember when he first started, you know, quite a few years ago now. And he was this skinny little runt, basically. But he was turning ball over for fun. I thought, oh my god, we've we've got a bit of a gem here. But mm. you know, then he just he just didn't play for absolute ages, and he's come back now, and you know he, he's six foot tall and six foot wide as well. Mm. Mm. So, talking of six foot tall, six foot wide, Kenzie Mathias. Oh, you know, well, 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 phenomenal start, start of the season. Like if you go back through the pod, you know. October time, I was raving about Stefan Thomas and how well he was playing and how good he was to win throughout the season. But Kemsley Mathias, the moment he came back, oh my God, I can't believe we've got such good stocks at prop, at loose at least. Mm. I mean, he has done everything. He is he's a brilliant scrummager. And I mean, the, the way he puts pressure on the tight deads, how he, you know, not, not not boring in, but the way he angles himself. And the, the movement with his shoulder, I like. Just the little things that he does to try and make them, you know, out of position, just to make your opposite number uncomfortable is really good to watch when they, they finally get the camera on it. Mm. So, you know, in that regard, he's absolutely brilliant and he will only get better. But in the loose as well, oh, you know, his carrying has been brilliant defensively. Mm. Can't fault the guy. I mean, he is... I If he doesn't make the World Cup squad, I, I will be very, very disappointed just because he is someone who's got that ceiling and is already showing that he could be, you know, a mainstay for a good five, ten years. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I just like the attitude, you know, his attitude around the park. Because he isn't the kind of player that would just kind of go and, and do a scrum, uh, and he's not a set play, a set piece player. He gets involved everywhere. He's involved in defence. He turns the ball over. He's athletic. Uh, he's a big boy, and yeah, I, I I think you know you look at the players that he's kept out of the side, and now he's in the Welsh side. Uh, you know, in the Welsh training squad. Say, I would not be at all surprised to see him starting at least one game in the World Cup. You know, I think he's going to be the mainstay of the the Welsh pack as well as the Scarlets pack for for a couple of years to come, at the very least. You know, in the same way that Rob Evans, you know, came through and shone brightly and then disappeared. Uh, I, I think he's going to come through, shine very, very brightly. And hopefully hang around for a while as well. So, and then the last player for a uh, breakthrough, Joe Roberts. 
Yeah, another one. He he was really bright last season, and it was you know really disappointing to see him get injured in that final game. But since he's come back this year, there's just been he he has shown everything that he is capable of, and he he's really he's he's taken that shirt off, Foxy. I yeah. mean, how how many players can are going to be able to say that in a lifetime? You know, Foxy's the one who took the shirt off Brian O'Driscoll for the Lions, but we got this 22-year-old centre who's just basically put Foxy in the retirement home. You know, it, <laughs> he's brilliant. Everything about him, you know, he, he he can do the hard yards as well. I mean, is like he doesn't look that big, in all honesty. He, he looks quite slender, but there have been matches where... He, you know, basically, he's been used as our first, as our receiver from kickoffs, and mm. he has fucked that ball up, and he has held on well. You know, a lot. There's a lot more to come from him, attacking wise. You know, some of the lines he hits, some of the gaps he picks, and his distribution is pretty good as well. But more than anything, I think it is his defense that is, you know, starting to stand out mm. because you know to see some of the some of the players that he's come up against. You know, especially in that Sharks game, and people say, "Oh, well, Robert didn't really do much." Yeah, but you didn't see his opposite number doing anything. That's his first job yeah. is to keep you when you were opposite number quiet, and yeah. he's definitely been going about doing that job. And mm. honestly, another year, maybe two, and he could he will really be a com- the complete player. And I wouldn't be surprised again to see him. I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the warm up game. But knowing how Gatlin likes size, I, I can't see him making the World Cup as much as I would like for him and Grady to go as our 13s. Mm. I, you know, I think he's benefited massively from being around Foxy. Yeah. And I, I I wouldn't be surprised to see Foxy stay on in some kind of coaching role specifically for that reason. Um, I think Joe Roberts is, is going to be uh, a player who... In a couple of seasons' time, we look back and we go, "Oh, he's been here forever." No, he's only, you know, it's only his third or fourth season. Do you know what I mean? He's gonna feel like he's been around forever because he's. He, I think he's gonna play a lot of games, and I think he's gonna be very, very influential on a lot of those games. So, um, yeah. Okay, let's let's pick one then. Who is our? I think we're down to Matthias, Dan Davis, and Joe Roberts. We we agree on them. I'm gonna go with Kemsley Matthias as my breakthrough player. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. How, how, just, do we, how do we argue this if we if we have different? Uh we go with what I say. <laughs> no, we, you know, who's your who is yours? Who's your player, your breakthrough player? All four of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, oh yeah, it's, it's it's hard hard to argue Kemsley. It really is. So yeah, I'll 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 back Kemsley on that. Yay! There we go. And he's a Pembrokeshire boy, so you know that that's that's got to go in his favour. So he's um uh our breakthrough player of the year then is Kemsley Matthias. So then we wanted to look at at things like our best moment of the season and our most entertaining player and entertaining game. So what, what have you got of your moment of the season? The, yeah. um, the time I, I've, got, I've got two. I've got Combi's try to win against Clemon. 
and I've got the California red against the dragons. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I've got California as well, but I've also got um, the Ulster game with the Ulster kick to the corner. I think that, yeah, that was our third game, fourth game, second, third, fourth game of the season, whatever we we drew yeah, against it, and that turned. You know, if we'd have won that game, I think that was our second game of the season. Yeah, I think if that that kick clearly went dead, and the referee overruled the touch judge, and then. Us to go and score, and then they go and score again. I think if that kick gets given as a 22 dropout, we go back up and we score, you know, because uh, that's the way that game was. And I think that changes the whole start of our season. And I think it sent us on a, a bit of a decline that we struggled to recover from, and everything then kind of compounded that. So that's kind of, I know it's a negative one, but I think it was a highly influential moment of the season for me. And then I've got Combius try as well, because, you know, why wouldn't you? <laughs> you know. So what else did you have other than Combius try? The yeah. Carla Maponi red against the Dragons. That, you know, that New Year's Day scrap. Yeah. Where, yeah. where thankfully uh, the, uh, the opposing players decided, you know, to turn tail and run to France. You know, so uh, he, yeah, didn't want, he thought he could get away from him, you know. So, so's Calamophony, though. They're playing against each other next year, I think. Well, it, it depends if Calamophony recovers or not. Yeah, yeah, I suppose it does, doesn't it? So, but e- either way, just that, that was right in front of me in, in the stadium. I, I loved it. I loved watching it. But it meant more than just that. Yeah. That was the turning point. It's a turning point. Yeah. And it was. That was the la- probably the last major negative moment. Yeah, where we we said no, we're not we're not doing this no more. We we we're taking this game by the scruff. We are winning these games, and yeah. that's more or less what happened. I mean, we went on to lose what two games then for the rest of the season. You know, yeah, that, that's outstanding. And let's be honest, we shouldn't have lost that Munster game anyway. No, but I think I think you're right. It, you could kind of it was more of a feeling. In 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 that game, that right enough's enough, you know, and you could see dragons came to that game to wind us up to play on our reputation uh, of poor discipline. You know, they're always getting cards, referee, and you could see that they were niggling for everything. So to to win that game. Because they kept going with a niggle for the rest of the game, and we just kind of went. Actually, we don't need to be involved in that. You know, we we. I think Calamafoni probably let himself down, but I think it showed everybody else. You know, Christ, if if they've got to him, then they've got to the rest of us. So we need to kind of knuckle down now. And I think the attitude there after that that incident was, yeah, was vital for the rest of the season so but I think we both agreed on this then yeah uh, Com- Combi's try yeah just that was such a moment such a moment I didn't think he was I thought he was going into touch oh, <laughs> I, again that was right in front of me in the corner I, I, I loved it it was brilliant it's brilliant to watch it was brilliant for everything that it meant 
Mm. And you could feel it in the stadium. You know, I, I wasn't there, but you could you could feel it on on telly. You could see the stadium was up. You know, and and it didn't finish with that try. If you know what I mean, it kind of the singing kept going. The the you know the the atmosphere within the stadium was superb after that try. So yeah, and it gave us something. It gave us something to go forward with. So you know, it gives us hope for next season, I suppose, in a strange way. So we're we're, we're agreed on uh, on Combia's try then, yeah. As yeah. our moment of the season. Cool. Garvey moment. Okay, so entertaining player of the year and most entertaining game of the year. So what what have you got for those two, mate? Well, for my most entertaining players, I've got Fafita, Pombia, and Joe Roberts. And surprisingly, for uh, my my most entertaining game, I've got four. I've got two wins and two losses. I've got Ulster, Sharks, Munster, and Clermont. Hmm. So, entertaining player, I've got um, Joe Roberts and Steph Evans is here, which is entertained oh, me <laughs> through, through most of the season. Uh, Steph Evans is here has entertained me more than, than anything else. And for me, entertaining game of the season was, was that Dragons game, just because it was, you know, I... It was so engrossed. You could see what they came to do, and 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 everyone was was kind of up for it. So, go on, let's. So let's. What's entertaining about your entertaining players of the year, mate? Well, everyone who listened to this obviously watches the Scarlet, so we don't really have to explain much. But you know, Fifita just everything about him, what he does. The carries, the offloads, the the sneaky picks, you know, off the off the ruck, the his work and the line out, you know, the the stealing opposition ball, you know, stuff like that. It, it I love it. it, it especially you know, in in the uh, in the tight and everything. I, I I love all that stuff. Mm. And he is the kind of player that if he's involved in, if he gets a ball in his hand, you're expecting something to happen, aren't you? You just the the crowd is up and and you automatically have an expectation that something's going to happen when he's got the ball and, and you need those kind of players in your team, don't you? You need them. Yeah, those they're the X factor players. So who else have you got then? Uh, Joe Roberts as well. Yeah, me too. Yeah, he's just brilliant to watch. I mean. Again, he he's still a young player, like he was in our breakthrough category, and there were you know a, a few issues that he he will you know get rid of as he grows up. Like there there was <laughs> there was one clear out that was right in front of me where he was, but he he was offside anyway. But as he was coming back onside, he done the clear out from the side of the ruck. Uh, it was it was just, <laughs> it was just so funny to watch. And <laughs> he's just thinking, what are you doing? You you do not belong there at all. But no, I. Him in attack is, is brilliant to watch, and he's got such a wide array of skills. You know, he's got the hard running, he's got he's got the delicate movement, great distribution as well. There's there's a lot to enjoy when he scares the ball. Yeah, and and again, when he gets the ball, especially if he gets a ball with a little bit of space or a one on one, 
you're expecting something to happen. If he's in a one-on-one, you're expecting him to win that one-on-one quite comfortably every time, you know. And uh, yeah, I I find him exciting to watch. So when he was injured last season, and you it was quite a bad injury. It was his knee, wasn't it? And you just think, yeah. you know, with a knee injury, sometimes you don't come back from knee injuries. I it wasn't he's... his first knee injury that he had one a couple of years ago as well. So yeah, you do kind of think, or oh, maybe he's he's not coming back from this. So to come back the way he has, um, yeah, joy to watch. Really, really joy to watch. So and who else have you got in there? You've got Combier as well. You got Combier. Combier in there. Local boy, local boy, and Definitely yeah, and uh, I I think he's must be frustrated not to be in the well setup. Uh, in all honesty. But I mean, I, I really would be too, especially seeing Tom Rogers go in there. Who uh, mm. look, he, Tom Rogers obviously he's got he's got a brilliant skill set, but we haven't seen a great deal of it over the season, and he he has had a fair bit of time out. So mm. it, it it is quite disheartening. And I mean, Combi he's got everything you need. He you know he's got the top end pace. He's got the feet. He's got the try scoring ability. There's Mm. There's no reason why he shouldn't be in the setup, especially when you, you know, you look in and you see, oh, look, the chairman's son is in the squad. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think it's a matter of time before he's in there. In all honesty, but I think he'll be like Steph Evans. He'll be one of those players that we go, why has he only got four or five caps or whatever? Because he does fit Gatlin's mould, you know, of a, a strong, aggressive, big winger. Um, and and I would like to see him kind of get given more opportunity. Um, I think the only thing people would say against him is he got skinned by Rio Dyer uh, at Judgment Day. But when you go back and look at that, he was defending three players. You know, he'd come inside because centres were um, centres were caught out. The ball goes over the top and out to him, so he's turning to go back out to to Dyer and then Dyer goes outside him. So, you know, that's not his issue. That's the centre's defence issue on that. But yeah, yeah you've, I, got, you've got to do full analysis on these sort of issues where you can't just take it for what it looks like. No. And, you know, I, I enjoy watching him play. Uh, I, I really do. Because he, he's another one of those players that you think he's down and then know he's gone through the tackle and he's up and he's still going and how did he get in there sort of a thing. So, yeah, really, really entertaining player. But then I'm going to throw into the mix, Steph Evans is here. Cause so what has he, his hair done this season? Well, it's gone from mullet to kind of half mullet and then he had like a decent haircut halfway through the season and then he went no 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 we can't be doing with that and going back to my mullet and I'm a bit and then he went like last year he had this half mullet bollocks and then you're like every every week he's on the pitch that's the first thing I look for <laughs> so so players will players will come out and I'm looking for that close-up of Steph Evans to see what haircut he's got. Yeah. And I I wish they'd make more of it. I really do. Just because it adds a little something extra to the game that, you know, the personality side of the game 
that I think we we got. Um, I, I I'd love to see Steph Evans coming on our pod and having a chat. I'd love to see him, you know, being interviewed and stuff because. Uh, you know, he's obviously got a little something a bit about him. He's got a little bit of Rob Evans about him. And you're like, you know, that's what we should be encouraging. We should be saying to players like, okay, come on, let's make something of you. So, um, yeah, Steph Evans is here for me, has given me, particularly in the dark days of the early part of the season, Steph Evans is here, has given me uh, uh, something to smile at in, in every game. So Okay, well, in, in all fairness, if you're going to criticise somebody's hair or whatever, you're going to have to take photos of your own mop and chuck it up for him to have a look at. So people can really go, well, right now, from my angle, it looks like you just got to flop a triangle on your head. No, I've had a, a trim down the side there. I've had a proper haircut yesterday and everything, man. You know, I haven't got a frigging ponytail in my ear, mate. i got a proper cut, I have. It's not a ponytail yet. It's a rat tail, but you got to get it right. <laughs> Maybe we need to have a whole section next year of, of haircut of the week. <laughs> but yeah, because, you know, we would have had Fafita at the start with his uh, next red locks, wouldn't we? Yeah, absolutely. See, this is this is what we're missing out on, man. Haircut of the week. Uh, so, who, who, what are we going to say? Most entertaining player of the year. Um, okay, so who, who did you have again? I had Joe Roberts and Steph Evans is here. <laughs> yeah, Roberts is on both of our lists, so... I think really? Roberts. I think Steph Evans is here has been unjustifiably ignored there, but yeah, I'll go with Joe Roberts as well. <laughs> um, so finally, then most entertaining game. I say for me, it was a Dragons game. What what was it for you? Like I said, there's quite a few games. There's the Ulster game, Sharks, Munster, and Clermont, mm. and it's. It's it's hard looking at the games that you lost and saying well, that was a really good watch, you know. Uh, Alistair, I mean, you you spoke a little bit about it earlier, but you know that game was back and forth. It was yeah. absolutely brilliant. Mm. The Sharks game, I I think that was a game where we showed that we are more than capable of playing to a plan B, where we went from scoring tries and putting teams away to really using that kicking battle. And it was it was a really hard fought contest up front, and it was I I was engrossed from start to finish. Mm. No, maybe maybe I maybe I should be looking at other people's opinions, not just my own. But yeah, <laughs> uh, the Munster game. What more can we say? I, I mean, what was it? Thirteen tries, and yeah. that that was that was just absolutely brilliant. And then obviously the Clermont game. I mean, a European quarter final is big anyway. But a 32-30 with a score in the last few minutes, and not just as any score, a score in the corner with a massive conversion. Mm. You know, oh, it's just, just so brilliant. It, I I know I've used that word loads of times now, but it, it, they were all excellent games to watch. And I think that's you know, there's been a lot of stuff through this. There's been a lot of positives through this season. It didn't feel like it at at, at the halfway point. It felt like you know, this was, we were on the skids at one point, but I think we've actually played in patches. We've played some superb rugby through this season. We really, well, really have. Yeah, well, like, when, well, I know we were going to do a, a full review, but we, we've kind of done it ourselves, to ourselves. We don't want to bore people with like three hours of bloody Scarlet's analysis. 
But like just going through all the games and I, I can honestly say I think they were probably only the the Connacht and the Leinster game early on that you know we di- we didn't really stand a chance of winning. Every other game we have been well in it. Mm. Yeah. So it's been a good season. It's been a good season. So what we're going to say is our most atten- entertaining game. Then is it going to be Claremont? I think we'll go with Claremont because yeah. yeah, on on reflection, that's the game that kind of typifies that's the game the you're going to remember from this year. Yeah, definitely. If you, if you were there, you know, if, if you were smart enough to be there, I should say, you know, then uh, <laughs> especially when your season ticket holder friend is offering you cheap tickets, you know. I know, I know, I know, but we all know I've got issues, so it's one of those things. <laughs> so, but no, it, yeah. it, it's like okay, it's not as big as where were you when Slaffy beat the All Blacks, but in terms <laughs> of the season, it is where were you when Combia scored that right? It, yeah, it's, it's no, a good man. So that kind of wraps up our our season, mate. That's uh, us done. It's been a fairly good season for us, you know. But uh, our our first year, let's let's not forget, this has been our first year. Um, of, and we've of made doing... it up, but we've gone along as well. <laughs> we've winged a lot of it, but um. So just to let people know what's what's going to happen from now on, in so we'll. The, the weekly podcast kind of goes on hold for a while now and we'll do ad hoc stuff. So if we sign someone or some big news comes out or whatever, and then we'll kind of kick off again when World Cup games, you know, there'll be two games, three games in August yeah. and then September. So we'll kind of kick back at the start of the season proper um, and go from there. But yeah. what we what we are planning on doing next year, so I mean it's been fantastic to actually do the community game this year as well. I think that particularly the way the community game has finished. Um, While we're on the community game, we have got some news which we found out, you know, just yesterday. Um, the Championship West this year is going to involve Brecon and Meister Quins. Yeah, so they that's, haven't... that's that's quite an easterly West League. But they haven't actually confirmed that. That's the expected one based on who's going up and who's the most westerly of the East teams is is what that is. But we've said this before. It, it you know it's a that's a hell of a um, a hell of that's a, a Western a, league. Not mm. just that. That's that's going to cost a lot of money for Quinns and Brecon if it is the case. Yeah, yeah, it will. So anyway, community game next year. It's been really good doing the community game. But what we're going to try and do, and we've had quite a few comments this year from listeners, and and I thank all the listeners for for the comments this year, um, to do the same for the East Command and East team. So we cover all the community teams within the um, Scarlets uh, region. So um, hopefully, fingers crossed, we've got. A an additional presenter joining us for start of next season. More about that when when he actually joins us, uh, and he will kind of help you. You and him can have a chat about um, Scarlet's East, and maybe if I can get another one and we do Scarlet's West, we'll see. At the minute, we, we're going to do a Scarlet's East um, podcast through next year as well. So we'll do Scarlet's East, Scarlet's West, um, 
and hopefully we'll be able to kind of cover a lot more of the community game and do a lot more of the Scarlet's game. And if everything goes right, we're going to do some uh, some YouTube stuff as well. Um, yeah, and really crank it up. We'll go from there. So, you know, um, listeners' comments, always welcome. You know, send us your thoughts, your ideas. You should do this. You should do that. You shut up, Lee. Um, you know, all of those, welcome. Um, I, I get a lot of that. You really should shut up, Lee. Um, but yeah, send us your ideas. That's just from the way, yeah. Because, um, you know, the, the good thing about us doing this is if it works and we can do it, we'll, we'll, we'll do it. You know, if somebody's wanting us to do stuff, we'll, we'll do stuff. So, and yeah. Just, just to touch on that, you know, we, we, this, this is just something that me and you have been doing all season. There's, there's no money involved in this. We're doing this off our own backs for, you know, a bit mm. of fun for ourselves and for the benefit of everyone. So if you want some, if you want something done, we will, we will try our asses off and try and get it done. Yeah, and the chances are next season we'll probably move to um, like an advertising-based background. Now, being on YouTube will help with that because, as I say, there are costs involved in us doing this and what have you. Um, and for for those that have said, you know, uh, you'd be happy to chip in, then there'll be an opportunity for you to do that next year. Um, and all donations will be greatly received um, and spent on zoom and technology and microphones <laughs> and things like that well you're on your fifth headset this year don't you? I, I think this is my third headset uh this year um, i abandoned headsets i tried it midway but uh, i give up yeah you had a really cool headset after it was your, it was your boys wasn't it that, that yeah, really cool went, one you went and broke it <laughs> the headphones work but the mic doesn't <laughs> i kind of need it so um yeah, stay in touch with our Facebook page. We'll set up the, the uh Scarlet East Facebook page as well and we'll all be linked. Um and just you know, for me on a personal note, it's it, this has been something I've been wanting to do for for years. And you know, we, we didn't know each other before the start of, of, of this year, but so it's been a real pleasure to kind of get this off the ground, get it going, uh and, and get to know you and all that kind of stuff, mate. And and even meeting up at, at Scarlet's, uh at Parker Scarlet's and and having a chat and having a a get together, you know, it's been great. So um yeah, thank you for 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 your participation in it this year, mate. It's been I, I couldn't have done it without you. I really couldn't have no, done I, it without you. Uh, it, it has it's been brilliant. I mean, again, like there's never something I've thought about until you you bloody mentioned it. But you know, getting to sit here and talk and actually talk with someone coherently about the Scarlets has, has been uh, has been great. And like like we've said, we've literally only met each other the once, and that was mid season. Yeah. So this this really has been this is a an internet relationship. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I, I I was gonna catfish him, but I thought uh, it's not really <laughs> <in> the door. <laughs> On that note, Matt, I think we are done for the end of the season, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have, and uh, I wish you all the best. We shall catch up again through summer and do this all again. Yeah, mate, it's it's been absolutely brilliant. I can't wait for the new season to get back things back up and running again. It's been an absolute pleasure again to know you. And a pleasure to all the listeners, I think. 
<laughs> yeah. So, uh, no. again, we're signing off with probably our longest pod to date. I can't believe how long this one lasted. <laughs> Me too. So, you know, big, big listen this week to end it. <laughs> and on that note, I shall bid you farewell. Uh, enjoy your rugby and we'll catch up and do it again. All the best, mate. All the best to you. Try, mate. Yeah, try, mate. You have been listening to the Westerer is Bestera podcast from the Scarlet Supporters PEMS team. You can follow us on Twitter on Scarlet PEMS. Find us on Facebook with Scarlet Supporters Pembrokeshire or email us on scarletspems at gmail.com. And remember, West is best, but Westerer is Bestera. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network.